What's up everybody, welcome back to Devin the Bear. Today we're going to be discussing the Fawn and Aldo card along with this coming up week's card. We're going to see Charles Oliveira defend his title against uh, Dustin Poirier. So let's go ahead and get right into things. We had the preliminary card of the Rob Fawn versus Jose Aldo card. Uh, we saw uh, some good fights. We saw Vince Morales knock out uh, Luis Smoko to start off the card. I mean, it was just, just as good as it gets. We saw Luis Smoko come back after a pretty long layoff um he's supposed to fight sean o'malley a couple months back and uh he had to pull out of that fight and so we had um what's what's that nothing and so uh so now we so we said we have to see his return it didn't go his way doesn't take away from how good of a fighter he is though louis smoke has kind of been around the block for a little while you know uh he's becoming a normal name and we also had uh, Claudia Pojas defeat uh, Chris uh, Grootsmacher by a knee bar. I feel like we don't see knee bars that much anymore. Yeah, uh, the way the jiu-jitsu game has kind of evolved, yeah. any kind of leg lock or heel hook or knee bar, those just don't work as well because people learn how to escape them really well. So yeah. with this particular one, he got Grootsmacher in it real quick and real deep. So. Yeah. It's one of those where you, you tap or a snap. Poor poor Chris uh, Grootsmacher, though, man. He is definitely – he's really good. Yeah. But uh, he just fights these guys that are just on their way up. Like whenever um, Alex Hernandez knocked him out. I mean, uh, Grootsmacher had been out for a little while. Grootsmacher's best performance in the octagon was against uh, Joe Lozon. Uh, he beat Joe Lozon up so bad that the doctor was just like, it's not it's, – it's, it's too much, you Joe know. Joe Lozon was pissed. Yeah. And I mean, understandably so. I mean, Joe Lozon comes from uh, the era where you go out on your shield, and uh, Chris Gutzmacher. I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see him back though. And then we finally got to see William Knight and, and Alonzo Minifield have their fight. Uh, I was very excited for this fight. I mean, two guys that are absolute forces in the light heavyweight division. They're just kind of waiting for their big breakthrough. Uh, I didn't expect it to go to decision though. That definitely yeah. threw me off. Yeah, I think both guys knew that they had they they had plenty of respect for the other, so I think they knew they had to kind of play it safe if they want to keep their standing in the division. Because, but unfortunately, one of them has to go. Uh, and yeah. That was Alonzo Minifield. William Knight got the nod by the judges. It was very good. Um, they both put on pretty good performances, I think. But it it went it went William Knight's way. Um, I'm pretty impressed with that because he's. He's always like somehow outmatched in size because he's kind of shorter, but he's so huge yeah. that his power definitely gives him openings that wouldn't be there for anyone else his size because people respect his power so much that they don't want to jump in at him. Uh, and they've learned that. So Yeah, I mean, his knockout over Fabio Charant, dude, yeah. that was absolutely brutal. That was his last fight that happened back in August, and that's what got everybody buzzing about him. Because you see William Knight, dude, and he's an absolute unit. He is huge. He is just five foot ten, pure muscle. I mean, yeah. there's natty build. Yeah, and supposedly natty. Uh, <laughs> he preaches about him being all natural. He looks like a freaking bodybuilder. I mean, he's ginormous. And guys like More Plates, More Dates, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. Uh, he's even talked about him as well. I mean, uh, for somebody who's only eleven and two to have a guy who has over a million subscribers on YouTube talking about him, you know, there's definitely a buzz about him. So it was also good to see him go to decision though to know that he can go to he decision. He can do it. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely where he's grown. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were um, saying because I know that um, there was kind of discussion of like, you know, Alonzo Minifield was doing a lot more of like clinching, and controlling in the fight, but we mean we had a William Knight who was actually fighting in the fight, yeah. you know. So I think we, I always like to see that because it shows like, yeah, hey, yeah, this guy's clinching him, but 
the other guy's doing a lot more of the work and so i feel like there kind of needs to be that kind of turn in judgment and that was really nice to see as well then we had Shyam Bay's defeat Mallory Martin, Mallory Martin by decision. Uh, that actually got fight of the night. Another bonus for Shyam Bay's. Uh, she's on a roll, you know. Really good to see. Really happy to see how well she's doing. So, yeah, uh, I'm glad that she got the bonus. I'm sure she appreciates that one just as much as she did the last one. This one maybe uh, gets to be all hers yeah. instead of Bill's. Right, and so hopefully she'll be able to enjoy this one. I'm sure JP's her husband is just as happy for her. I'm um, sure he is. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing for sure though, we got. We, I think we do need to see something out of JP real soon though. Yeah. So uh, his, I, his career might be, or his, as far as his career in the UFC, might need it. Yeah, um, definitely with his career in the UFC, just be. But I mean, it's good to see. I'm sure he's just as happy to see his wife doing well in the UFC as well. You know doing so well in the ufc but i would really like to see him come out with his next fight and do something pretty uh spectacular just like how she has been but i'm sure he's probably just waiting for he's also in a very competitive division yeah so maybe it does make it a little tougher then we had manel cape uh defeat uh zalgas uh zoom by tko in the first round another really good win for uh, manel cape i mean he's finally finding his footing in the ufc former rising champion uh coming in and he's finally you know he lost two and now he's winning two both by knockout that is an absolute force i think so and i think once i think now we're really seeing how good he really is you yeah. know he says that uh he's ready to be a champ yeah um he was like i'm i'm spoke i speak like a champ i look like a champ i i fight like a champ I'm, yeah uh they, they asked him about his losses when he first came into the ufc and he's like yeah everybody has a rocky start yeah not or he, he said not everybody has a smooth start and I, yeah. I had a rocky start but you look at so many people in the past who had a rocky start and became a champ it's just how it is sometimes yeah i mean you know look at guys like jan blakovich he yeah. had a very rough start when he came to the ufc um not a lot of guys come into the ufc and have a really good start to to go and to kick things off ian mccall had a pretty rough start he had a whole he had a whole r- yeah. rough thing with the ufc whenever he fought for them and um but i'm really happy to see how well he's doing i really like whenever these guys who come from these other well-known promotions come over to the ufc and start doing well just shows that there's so much more talent outside of the ufc that we don't get to see and then uh dusko um Todorovic, he defeated uh mackie patilo Patolo by TKO also. So um, onto the main card, we had Alex Morano defeat Mickey Gall by decision. Uh, really happy to see that. It was a really good. There was a real heartfelt moment at the end during his his post fight press conference or interview more so. Um, you know, showing a lot of love and support to his father, saying that it wasn't for him, he probably wouldn't even be fighting in the UFC. So yeah. you know, it was really cool seeing that. Then we saw the man Chris Curtis come back, um, defeat Brendan Allen by TKO in the second round. Which Chris I mean, Curtis is just surprising people. He's coming yeah. in and he's destroying people. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect it at all. Brandon Allen's a very good fighter, and yeah, whenever they, when this knockout happened, they're both throwing strikes at each other, and you see Chris Curtis get knocked out pretty bad, or not knocked out, knocked back pretty yeah. bad. But Brandon Allen goes out, so it's just like that. That's one of those where Chris Curtis had the better placement. Um. And it could have gone either way. Yeah, he's very good boxing. Um, so, very, very good placement for him with his punches, very precise. And I'm pretty excited to see what he can do now because that's a big win over a big name. Yeah, especially with somebody like an uppercomer like Brendan Allen. Uh, we've seen Brendan, when, his only couple losses are stuff like this, though. He gets into dogfights and he doesn't really. Um, 
he gets into dogfights and he doesn't keep it going. You know, his fire burns out pretty quick. And it's not questioning his heart. I mean, he's fighting killers. I mean, guys like Sean Strickland did it to him. Chris Curtis is doing it to him, you know. Uh, and we're seeing what Chris Curtis is doing. He did it to Phil Halls and he, now he did it to Brendan Allen. He's not somebody to take lightly at, yeah. at all, you know. I mean, I would not pay attention with the Vegas odds whenever you see him fight. So. Can't imagine Chris Curtis fighting Sean Strickland. What's that? I can't imagine Chris Curtis fighting Sean Strickland. That'd be a fun fight, though. It would be, but I feel like Sean. How much? I feel like Sean's bigger than him. He's, he's a just lot bigger. So much bigger. Chris than Curtis him. is a short dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's about the same <clears throat> size as Brendan Allen, so it'd be, there'd be about that much size difference. But he's also a lot more stockier than somebody than Brendan Allen. Um, I mean, he's a really big middleweight. So, I mean, hopefully we'll see that fight soon. But speaking of um, of Sean Strickland, he's has a set bout for February. Yeah, taking uh, Jack Hermanson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that'll be a good one. Um, my issue with that is I don't want Jack Hermanson to lose. Right. <laughs> I really like him, uh, and his only hope is get it to the ground. Yeah, I mean, that, that fight is gonna be it's gonna be a long night if he doesn't get it to the ground. And good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, exactly. actually, I don't know. He might have some luck with that. Uh, apparently, I know a this, uh, trick he could try. Yeah. Just. You know, whip that whip that shoulder out. You know, yeah. um, apparently he uh, Sean Strickland has very lazy underhooks. So maybe, maybe well, hopefully Jack Hermanson hears us talking about this and is like, "That's it. That's how I'm gonna win." Yeah, we're gonna uh, engage in any kind of clinch and just wait for the the underhook. Yeah, let's clip that and send it to him. It might work out. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we saw Clay Guida finally come back. I mean, you know, I was counting this guy out just a week ago, like not even a week ago. I was saying I don't think he beats Leonardo Santos. Comes back and gets a submission over a really well touted uh, submission. Yeah. Um, submission expert. Artist? You know, artist. Um, thank you. Yeah, I really ex- am surprised. It was a rear naked choke. It was very deep, and he was crushing this guy's throat. Yeah. Um, I expected a decision win. I expected Clay Guida cardio to carry him, and just like it always does, you know. Yeah. Um, but he really he went out there and he fought a smart fight, and as soon as he saw the opportunity to get better position or get the positioning he needed, he took it. He was real fast with it. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely um, good on Clay Guida showing that he's not somebody to be counting out just yet. Uh, you look at all the guys that he's came up with. They're not even in the UFC anymore. We've seen them kind of all spiral down. Guys like BJ Penn, you know, Diego Sanchez. Um, I mean, they kind of, the list goes on with him, really. Well, all the guys that he was, like, back when he's having these good fights. Gray Maynard doesn't even fight anymore. Um Takanori Migomi, Rafael Dos Anjos still fights. Kenny Florian. Kenny Florian. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, he he has a win over Nate Diaz. This guy's fought the who's who of the lightweight division, and he's still going out there and beating these top-tier contenders. Yeah. Or, you know? yeah, the hair is fading, but he is not. Yeah, no, he is not. If anything, it's probably the better he gets, the more hair he loses. He's like one punch man. Um, <laughs> so also we saw... Saitama. Uh, <laughs> So we saw uh, Jamal Hill get a knockout win over Jimmy Crute, which is kind of what I expected, but I didn't expect it to be that fast. Yeah, whatever, bro. Hey, dude, I, you know I love Jimmy Crute. Yeah, I don't, nah, no, whatever, bro. Shit. That's, what's it called? Ain't, <laughs> we, we all know Jimmy Crute ain't no Custer, but, like, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll stop there. We're not affiliated. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was pretty excited for Jimmy Crute to come and show, come back from his loss against Anthony Smith. Um, and I know Jamal Hill's got hands, but... Man, he just wasn't ready for it. No, he was not ready for it. Uh, Jamal Hill landed a really good shot right to the like right off the bat, right off the bat to the back of the head. Uh, which usually, yes, that is illegal. But it's, whenever it's, you turn into it, yeah. that's what makes it not legal. Uh, it's, yeah, and, and Jimmy Crute stepped over 
and I, I feel like that punch would have landed right on the temple yeah. had he not stepped over it, kind of into it, <laughs> and that landed right on the back That would have been like a 10-second knockout. I think uh, he got dropped like three times. Yeah, three times. And the third then, one was in a it. minute. Yeah, it was 48 seconds for the whole 48 fight. 48 seconds yeah. the whole fight, and he got dropped three times. Then we saw uh, pretty much a... Um, what's it called Rafael Fazeev defeated the Australian version of himself yeah. in Brad Riddell and that was I don't know one of the best fights I'm surprised that didn't get fight that night um, that was it, very good I was looking forward to this fight I mean I did say that I could see this fight being probably a potential fight of the year um, and I mean down to technicality I do feel like it, it held up to those standards but it was it was no Chandler versus Gaethje no, and it's gonna be hard it, it's gonna be so hard to say, consider something the fight of the year even going into 2022 in a month because of the fact of how good that fight was, you know. So, um, but Rafael Fazeev got a spinning wheel kick knockout over uh, Brad Riddell. Brad, Brad Riddell is a, a very well versed Muay Thai fighter. Uh, he used to coach guys like Israel Desanya. He's he works with guys like um, Dan Hooker, all that stuff. And um, I'm just really happy to see uh, Rafael Fazeev. I didn't want either of these guys to lose, but if there's anybody that's gonna really make a name for himself, it's gonna be somebody like Rafael Fazeev. Just for the simple fact of it is. We have a Russian who is really good at kickboxing. He yeah. also trains with Vittorio. Yeah, he yeah. trains. He trains in, uh, in Thailand over at uh, Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket with. Um, you just said his name, Vittorio. I, I said his name. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I think uh, the, what what I find is weird. What I find is weird uh, is the wheel kick. We've yeah. seen three within the last few months. Yeah. And those are not that common. No. We saw um, Bahamandez get that one. Yeah. And then we saw Chris Barnett. And now we see this one with Rafael Fazeev. Uh, yeah. Come on, guys. We know how to defend wheel kicks. You just stay away from them. <laughs> and all guys to get knocked out by a wheel kick, though, is Brad Rideau. Yeah. Um, and you watch the footage, and he looked like he thought it was going to the body. And he's looking down. He gets hit, and it's like you see his, his mind is trying to make the connection back to yeah. his body. And he's looking down at the ground with his hands just kind of sprawled out in front of him. Looks like he's saying he's done, but he's just trying his, to pick his hands up. Yeah, like his hands are like trying to come up, but his yeah. brain hasn't figured it out yet. As a figure, so he's, he's still staring at the floor. I think that is a fantastic stoppage by Herb Dean. Yeah, uh, he almost he tried to stop it before Brad Riddell hit the ground, um, but he did hit the ground. Yeah, Fazeev uh, tried to jump on him, um, yeah. but I think I think that is a great stoppage by Herb Dean. You know, he he's on the mend for yeah. his past mistakes. Yeah, he's 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 working it out. He's doing his best. <laughs> but also, so um, you know, now we'll see Rafael Fazeev. Um, one of the things I was gonna say though, talking about him being Russian, is with these Russian guys, we expect wrestlers, and he's openly said, "I'm not Khabib. I'm not Islam. Like I come in here to fight." And um, he throws down, and I feel like that's what we kind of needed to see out of these Russian guys. We know they're yeah. tough as hell. But yeah, him and Jan are refreshing. That's yeah, for sure. it brings a breath of fresh air to say to know that you know. Um, but onto the main event, we had Jose Aldo or Jose Aldo defeat uh, Rob Font by decision, all five rounds. Uh, two judges had a fifty forty five, and one judge had a forty nine forty six, which um, pretty much says that it was a one not a one sided fight, but that Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo was a clear winner in this fight. Yeah, um, I mean it's just vintage Jose Aldo showing it, he that he's a champion, you know. Uh, even though he's not the actual champion, he's still a champion. Yeah. Uh, he goes out there and he just puts it on somebody like Rob Font. We haven't seen Rob Font like that beat up in a long time. 
I don't think anybody's ever done that to him, you know? Yeah. But, um, and Jersey Aldo, same exact thing. He had a couple. His eye was swelled up as well. Yeah, he had those. Was it the right side of his face was yeah, pretty swelled? He, he had a hematoma on his eye. And it was just yeah. all around a good fight. We saw what it's what Jose Aldo is about still to this day, you know? To this day. He's still doing <laughs> it. And Yeah, like as impressive as it was for Aldo, I, I and I don't want to keep talking about Rob Font even though he yeah. lost. Uh, but I, I do think it shows Rob Font has some holes. Yeah. But we also do get to see that he can take shots because yeah. he took a lot of shots um, from everywhere. Yeah. Like he took uh, he took low kicks, he took body shots, he took sh- shots to the head. He's taking everything, and he even though he wasn't really learning anything in the moment from it, I think this is definitely something he can look back on and learn from as a whole. Um, kind of be a bit more confident and know that you can take these shots, but you can't just stand there and keep taking them. Yeah, you got to move on and do something. So. Aldo going out there and showing that he can put it on someone like Rob Font, the Young Guns, um, and just annihilate him. Yeah, is very cool. Um, do you think it puts Aldo in title shot area? One hundred percent. Yeah, I do. I believe that. Uh, I mean, if if that division weren't so held up, almost. Yeah, it is held I up. I think. I think it wouldn't be so bad. It's it's such it a just, it is held it, up. Yeah, it's held up for sure. It's a great division. I mean, it's one of the, it's it's definitely uh, besides the lightweight division. Excuse me. It's it's a stacked division from top to bottom. I mean, at the top, very best, you have um, guys like Aljamain Sterling and um, Petorian. To you know, you go into the mid- middle of the division. You have guys like uh, Marab Davalashvili. And Cheeto Vera, then you get into the top fifteen, and then you have guys like, um, you have guys like Julian uh, Paeva, you know, right there at number fifteen, and then you get even more out of the division, uh, out of the top fifteen, you got guys like Sean O'Malley yeah. and Adrian Yanez. So I mean, you know, no matter what, this is a highly competitive division. But yeah. with uh, Jose Aldo, though, I do feel like that he's next in line for the title shot. But I wouldn't be upset if they made um, Aldo versus Dillashaw. Yeah, I I just I don't see him getting the next title shot. Yeah, um, it'll either be Jan. I can't see it being Dillashaw either. Yeah, but I also don't think it could be Sanhagen. Yeah, but um, I think Sanhagen's name won't be mentioned near the title for a little while. Yeah, uh, he needs a win. This is how I would like to see them do it: is Jan versus Sterling for the for the rematch for the belt. And the winner of that fight gets uh, the winner of Aldo and um, Dillashaw. I think that's the way to do his book. Because, I mean, after we saw Dillashaw defeat Corey Sanhagen, everybody was like, damn, I guess he's next for the title. He's next for the title. And then he ends up getting injured. Yeah. So now that we see that Jose Aldo, even after he beat Pedro Munoz, he said he wants to fight uh, TJ Dillashaw, but they give him Rob Font. Nobody wants to fight Rob Font right now. You know? And Aldo and, did it, and he passed the test. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's definitely ready to be back in championship fights. Yeah, and I think if he was to take on TJ Dillashaw, I mean that's the perfect fight for him right now. If TJ Dillashaw is healthy, I know he had a, he uh, tore his meniscus in his fight with Corey Sanhagen. So that is uh, UFC Font versus Aldo. So on to UFC 269, one stat card, last card of the year. Um, and these are the cards I always look forward to the most because UFC always makes them very special. Happening over in um at the t-mobile arena 
just to start with the card, I mean, we have like you know we have familiar names like Jillian Robertson, uh, Randy Costa, Ryan Hall is actually fighting again on the card yeah. too, and against Derek Minner, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, and so uh, Matt Schnell, shout out to Matt Schnell over at Heritage Muay Thai, he's taking on Alex Perez, and I like Matt Schnell a lot. Been watching that dude since Caged on MTV when I was just, like 15, so that's always really cool to see. And uh, this is a fight that you actually brought to my attention that's happening also is uh, Andre Muniz is taking on Eric Anders. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, I see it being a quick one, too. I don't see it going past the first round. Both guys are good enough to make it past the first, but they're going to be going for it. And I think if Eric Anders or if anyone plays it, uh, tries to play it safe, it's Eric Anders. For sure. And I don't blame him. I mean, Andre Muniz, Muniz will definitely take a limb home if he has to. Yeah, um, uh, he's already he already has. Yeah. Um. So, and Eric Anders has to be worried about guessing out. So I think he's gonna have to play it safe if he wants to win this fight. Yeah. But I don't see him doing that. I see no. him going out there and trying to knock out uh, Muniz real fast. Yeah. And so some more fights we have in the preliminary card: Augusto uh, Sakai is taking on Tai Tu Vasa. Why the hell is that on prelims? I don't know. Um, we got to email Dana, let him ask him what the fuck's going on right there, you know? And then uh, Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. That's going to be a good fight. I think if Dominic Cruz wants to um, prove anything, hopefully that he's still one of the best bantamweights yeah. out there like he has for the past, like, 10 years. Um, a big win over Pedro Munoz is important, but he, I think he really needs to go out there and prove something, though. And Pedro Munoz has a lot to prove as well. He actually wants to be considered, you know, a top-tier fighter. Um, he has wins over guys like Cody Garbrandt, and he's on a tear. Then he ran into Aljamain Sterling, and we kind of saw the the derailment of Pedro Munoz. Um, but I think if Pedro Munoz wants to boost his stock at all, he has to go out there and finish somebody like Dominic Cruz, which is not easy, but is definitely possible. And the next fight would be Josh Emmett and Dan Ige. Um, is Emmett still fighting? What do you in mean? That? Did he get? He got. I know he got injured, but I don't know how far back that was. Uh, I know that his last fight he got injured. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm excited to see Josh Emmett fight and Dan Ige fight at any time. So it sucks they're fighting each other. (laughs) Yeah. But I I really want to see Josh Emmett win that fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Emmett is the dark horse of that division, 100%. Uh, people do not talk about him enough, also because he's never healthy. He's always yeah, injured. I was gonna say it's understandable. Yeah, he's he's um he's got heavy hands. He hits like a welterweight. And he's only one hundred forty five pounds. If you see that dude, he's fucking jacked. He is stocky. You got Dan Ige who does need a win, but I mean, uh, I don't know. This is hard. I really like. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. It, it sucks that they're fighting each other. Yeah, but uh, I think I still have uh my fighter picked in that one. Yeah, as Josh Emmett. <laughs> and so uh, onto the main card where we have. Julian Paiva, Paiva, who I was just mentioning earlier, taking on Sean O'Malley. That's a great fight right there. That will finally, finally a ranked opponent for Sean O'Malley, which I call complete bullshit. He wasn't ranked until this fucking fight got booked. Yeah, um, just, I, 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 I had kind of thought so too. Whenever yeah. he said that Paiva was in the top 15, I was like, is he? Yeah. When did that happen? He's just trying to get uh, people like Sean O'Malley some more. You know, well, say, oh, he's finally ranked. Now he's finally taking on ranked opponents. If he wins. Yeah, if he wins, if he'll finally be ranked. But um, he loses, now you just show that he can't handle ranked people. Congrats. Yeah, and that's Played how you, yourself. That's how you get cut. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Keep fighting bums for the same pay, right? Um, 
So uh, we also have Kai Kara France taking on Cody Garbrandt. This is Cody Garbrandt's flyweight debut. This is actually a really good fight. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, and Kai Kara France is kind of taking this one personally. Yeah, he's putting it on himself to be the guy to deter Cody Garbrandt from the flyweight division. He's kind of telling him like, "Hey, you're not ready for the power that we have here." I guess you think that we don't have any, and that's why you're coming over here. Um, and this isn't Cody Garbrandt's first time fighting in flyweight, I don't think. Um, in the UFC it is, but I think he's trying to make it a permanent move. Um, yeah, he is. Kai Car France is just not taking that well. He's like, hey, that's not going to happen, buddy. This is my division. I mean, granted, man, last, oh, guy, last, last time we saw somebody move down from, uh, from Bantamweight to flyweight, they got knocked down in like 32 seconds. And so that's definitely something to look out for. Uh, we don't know what Cody Garbrandt's going to be like during his weight cut. Yeah. Uh, he said before that he can do it. He was supposed to fight for the title originally against he's, Davison Figueredo. He's never missed weight before, right? Never. That's and why he's I, always looked decent. He, so He walks around like one. When he goes into fight, he's like 140. That's what made him also decide that I could probably do this cut. Yeah. I don't think it'll be too bad for him. It's more of your style as of late does not translate to flyweight. No, is not. Um, what's that? He he doesn't translate very well over to. I, I mean, I don't know. Cody uh, Kai Kara France is a very fast fighter as well. That's he's, what I'm saying. Yeah. Cody Garbrandt's style as of late does not translate well to the flyweight division no. right now, because Cody Garbrandt sits there a lot. Yeah. Now he didn't used to, but he does now. Yeah. So if that's his style now. He can't go in there and do that because he's just going to get clipped and knocked out. Which is hard because we've only seen him do that twice. We've only seen him fight twice since he's kind of changed his style. And one of them he had knocked out of the year. And in another one he just stands there and gets jabbed in the face yeah. for five, 25 minutes. So it's hard to say, like, okay, is he right or is he wrong? But just to stand still and go in there and get punched in the face is the wrong thing to do. Because these guys at Flyweight are fast and, and they don't hold back. Kaikara France is called, what, what's his nickname? Um... I can't remember his nickname, but there's a reason because he has heavy ass hands for a flyweight as well. Um, he throws down. His name is Don't Blink. Okay, yeah. I was like, dude, I remember he has one. Which is su- super funny because he talked about that too when he because his last when he knocked out Bontarine, he talked about that. He's like, yeah, no, my nickname is Don't Blink. I don't have a knockout win in the UFC until now. And so we have Jeff Neal taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, this is a good fight. Hopefully, um, with Jeff Neal, he was recently arrested for DUI at a uh, texas roadhouse so uh, there was something that happened and he ended up just getting arrested but the ufc already came out and said it won't affect his fight he's trying to get prison strong yeah that's what it this is fight. um this is a good fight though this is a, he's trying to get that jailhouse built. he's trying to he's trying to be uh prison built yeah top heavy so yeah we've we've seen ponzi on uh, ponzi nebio get knocked out so it's totally it's 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 probably yeah, I, I think this fight's going to be a pretty fun one. I, I don't see this one ever being slow at any no. point. I could be wrong, but... I felt that way last time when Jeff Neal fought Neil Magny, and it was but a really that, slow fight. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is That's Neil Magny, though. Uh, that's the kind of fight Neil Magny likes, and Ponzinibbio doesn't play like that. He doesn't like that, so... I don't trust like that. <laughs> so... It's like, um, you know, Ponzi Nibio, he's coming back. This is his third fight back since he is uh, since he tore his ACL. He has a win over uh, Miguel Baeza and one hell of a fight. I mean, those guys went back and forth. But um, somebody like Jeff Neal, who has incredible boxing, I mean, we we saw that, you know, Ponzi Nibio got hurt in the Baeza fight when he got knocked out against Ji Ling Leong. And it's one of those things where it's Jeff Neal had packs a lot of power and – 
I think Jeff Neal only really needs one to really touch Ponzinibbio when he gets yeah. that win. And uh, I don't know. I also Jeff Neal's a Texas boy. Like, yeah. we, I mean, I, I got his back through and through. I mean, shit. If he goes to jail, I'm going to jail. You know? Oh, for over some buns? What's up? Dude, have you had the butter? It's delicious. It's butter. <laughs> no, it's cinnamon butter. Try it out. But, um, but yeah, that'll take us to Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. Uh, that fight's interesting because it's so easy to look past it. Yeah. It's so easy to just say Juliana Pena has no chance. Yeah. Um, but you can't say that. You can't because she's there for a reason. She's been at the top for a reason for a long time. Uh, but realistically, I'm not even just trying to hype this fight up. Juliana Pena is a very tough fighter, very good fighter. Um, I mean, I can tell you right now, the one person that's not looking past her is definitely Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is not expecting to walk in there, hit her once, and call it a, call it a night and get an easy check. Um, she's taking this very serious, and if, if she's taking that serious, then I think we should all take it pretty serious. Yeah, you know, I think that's definitely the correct way to look at it uh, because Amanda Nunes is always very focused. Yeah. Um, but that being said. Do feel like because of that, Amanda Nunes is gonna go in there and get a win. Just maul her, yeah, yeah, more than likely. Uh, uh, just she's just so focused and yeah. so good. And so that's the thing too is how focused she is. Sometimes doesn't make for the most exciting fights, um, but it's just one of the things. Where, what's up to me? Yeah, um, like okay, her Felicia Spencer fight I was not a fan of. Felicia Spencer just uh, retired. Did you see that? No, I didn't. She retired. Good for her. Um, I mean, what? Like, she <laughs> she's had a good career, man. She fought for the title. She <laughs> went out on a win. Just kidding, I don't like her. But um, so I, but I think Julia Pena, like I said, she uh, she came back after a very very tough knee injury, and she's uh, really into the second prime of her career. That she missed out on these years from her injury. She was out for a long time from that knee injury too, and completely tore in her entire knee up. Every ligament in it was completely fucked. And to see what she's doing now is like it's to see she fought, she wanted this fight. She called Amanda Nunes out. She's like she has no reason to duck me. And then uh, she started mentioning. Uh, man who knows his losses and she's like I beat Kanzingano I beat uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Durand yeah, the old MMA math yeah and it's like oh, it's like that's your case to use MMA math to try to get the title shot you know what use it like, you asked for this at the end of the day so when she hits you and you think holy fuck she hits like a <laughs> middleweight um, yeah you're gonna I mean you're probably gonna question that call out but man when did the ghost of Kimbo get in yeah. here Jesus Christ Mike Tyson but um. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of have a feeling. We all kind of know that Amanda Nunes is going to win that. But She's definitely the heavy favorite. I wonder what the odds are. Have you looked at them by chance? No. Okay, let me go ahead and look into those. But for the main event, and this is one that I think you and I are both very excited for, is... Um, Ooh, she is the favorite 1 to 11. 1 to 11. Boy. That's a lot. <laughs> so I, I might just bet on Pena to win yeah. just because uh, uh, you, you could get every pick wrong and then only get that one right and yeah. still be the best. Like, who the fuck was it, dude? Like, uh, somebody bet Clay Guida second round submission, 21,000 points. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> how do you just manage to get that right? I looked up the odds right now. The current, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the current right now is uh, Manu Nunes is uh, minus 833 favorite and juliana pena is a plus 500 um underdog that's huge not yeah. as much as her last fights have been though we've seen we've definitely seen bigger odds 
yeah. uh, the gaps anyway. Yeah, for sure. Especially whenever her last fight against um, Megan Anderson was huge. Were huge. There was a lot. There was a which I wasn't counting out Megan Anderson at all, but uh, you know, it proved that we should have been. I guess, yeah. which yeah. sucks because Megan Anderson's she awesome. Got knocked out and submitted in one night. <laughs> yeah, but she's very good. So that just shows how good Amanda Nunes really is. Yeah. Um, but speaking of how good someone is. The two best lightweights in the world uh, are fighting. Yeah. Uh, for the title, that's going to be really good uh, and hard to watch if you're a fan of either of these yeah, guys. Yeah, it's, it's Because tough. I feel like this one's going to have everybody on the edge of their seat the whole time. Yeah. Um, Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira, I don't think I've even said yet. But, uh, you know, De Bronx and Diamond. Yeah. The Diamond. El Diamante. I really think... Uh, this fight could easily be an early uh, early finish or a decision. Yeah. Like, these guys could go anywhere. And I think that's one of the things that's going to keep people on the edge of their seats is just the fact that no matter what moment in the fight it is, it's going to be fire anywhere they go. Yeah. Um, it's Even when they're sitting back and just kind of assessing each other and what they're doing, you know it's everything is so tactical with what they're doing that... At any moment, if it goes to the ground, we all know what Charles Oliveira can do on the ground. Yeah. But you can't forget what Dustin Poirier can do on the ground. And then standing, I think everybody's going to give the edge to Dustin Poirier. But look at what Charles Oliveira can do on it with his hands. Yeah. We've seen that time and time again. So it's it's really just anyone's fight. I don't see anyone having any advantage other than, you know, Dustin Poirier may be bigger. And uh, even then... Oliveira is lankier. Yeah, I but... mean, Oliveira has a lot of trouble coming down the lightweight, and that's why he doesn't do short notice fights anymore. Um, that was kind of because when him and Tony Ferguson fought, Tony wanted him like that same month, and he was like, "I can't make one for fifty five and uh, it's just it's just too tough a cut for him. But I mean, you know, um, the level of jujitsu that Charles Oliveira brings to the game is scary. Uh, he has uh, found his footing. He's on like a ten fight win streak for a reason. He's up there. He's definitely champion for a reason. Uh, people, a lot of people count him out, call him a quitter because he was 21 years old coming in the UFC, fighting these grown men, and yeah. you know um, the fights that we've seen him quit in. I mean, against Cub Swanson, Cub Swanson him with a nasty uppercut right to the body, right to the solar plexus, put him down. How long ago was that fight? It was a like. I, I know the number in fights, but I don't know the number in years. Exactly. A long-ass <laughs> time ago. And then we saw, you know, his fight against Max Holloway. He tore his esophagus in that fight. And, I mean, I mean, and calling him a quitter in that fight, that, that probably could have killed him right there. We would have saw the first death in the UFC. It doesn't necessarily make you a quitter if that happens. I mean, there have been some times where we kind of question his, his fight and his spirit along with his heart, but um, Charles Oliveira isn't that person anymore in... You know, to see, especially with, you know, I brought up his jiu-jitsu. That's what, that's what made him special when he first got in the UFC. Yeah. But um, to see what he's doing now, I mean, he has um, completely reinvented his style of jiu-jitsu. He was a very aggressive jiu-jitsu fighter from the start. But now he's mixing it with American-style wrestling, which is scary, you know, to yeah. really imagine. You know, uh, that's what Glover Teixeira did, and that's why he's so good now. Is he's able to get these styles, put them together, and make him really, you know, it's this is MMA, this is mixed martial arts, and that's what we're seeing with Charles Oliveira. Uh, Charles Oliveira has um, also really worked on his hands well. That check left hook that he got against Michael Chandler was picture perfect. 
even somebody like Teddy Atlas, a uh, legend of a, uh, of a boxing coach, has praised that left hook, saying how clean and crisp it was right on the chin. He's knocking out guys like, you know, Jared, uh, Jared Gordon, um, you know, Nick Lentz. Even though those fights were a little while ago, I mean, they started on the feet and he, t- yeah. and he took it there. But <clears throat> with all that being said, though, Dustin Poirier is a fucking dog. Yeah. I mean, that dude is just, he's the diamond, you know. He, he he really is a diamond in the rough. Grew up in the streets of Lafayette, Louisiana. The streets. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's out here, but... Uh, I don't know why I said that's so lame. And so, and he's just out, he's out here doing his thing. You know, he's finally, he's found his footing as well. He has two wins over Conor McGregor in one year. Yeah. Who, who can say that, you know? Um, and and they finishes. And they're both finishes. Regardless, if one was a doctor stoppage, he was smashing <laughs> Conor McGregor in that fight. Um, I mean, he was getting uh, touched up a little bit in that second fight, but in the rematch happened over the, right before the summer started. I mean, where was it during the summer? Um, oh, sorry. sorry. No, you're good. Um, but regardless, he was he. I mean, he was he was you know putting the he was putting a clinic on, on um, Connor once Connor was starting to kind of slow down a little bit, which was really early in the fight. And then he comes in there and he puts it on Connor that forces Connor McGregor to grapple. Yeah, you know, which I don't care what anyone says. Connor McGregor initiated the grappling and he yeah. he went for the submissions. Yeah. Oh, uh, my leg was hurt. Well, he, uh, I had to. Yeah. He, he ended up saying that he ended up us initiating it anyways, so there's no argument with that anymore, you know? And so uh, Dustin Poirier has a very unorthodox but yet really nice boxing. Yeah. They come from weird angles, so you don't really expect them. He will stand and bang with you until you quit. He's he's put out guys like, you know, Eddie Alvarez, who are super tough. Eddie Alvarez doesn't get the credit he deserves because he got knocked out by Conor McGregor, but... He um, finished guys like Justin Gaethje, who is, it's not as it's not as easy as it sounds, you know. Um, as, and as good as Justin Poirier's uh, ground game is, though, um, he has been submitted by Khabib and by the Korean Zombie. Yeah. So if it goes to the ground, I definitely give the edge to Oliveira. Hundred percent. Yeah. But I don't think that I, I won't outright say that he's going to win it if it goes to the ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dustin Poirier, we haven't seen him use his ground in a while. And after watching the Khabib fight, uh, that made me sit there and realize, like, you need to get on the mats a little more. You need to get back into it for sure. He needs to get on the mats more. And, I mean, if I was him, like, I would focus solely on my jiu-jitsu. Because when it comes to the hands, I mean, you know, his boxing, he, I know he loves to throw hands. He even picks up his shorts like he's back in, back in Lafayette and stuff when he throws down. But I think when it comes down to just that, though, um, I mean, staying off of staying off the ground with Charles Oliveira is the best bet. Just overpowering him, and I think he does have more power than Charles. But Charles is very technically sound with everything he does, you know. And um, I mean, both these guys, though, like you were talking about earlier, is just they are always going for the finish. Uh, we've seen Dustin Poirier get tons of late finishes. Uh, he's always looking for it. He finished Justin Gaethje, I want to say, in the fourth round. Yeah, you know? and then um... never mind. I'm like that. But, like, Charles Oliveira, same thing. He's, I mean, this 10-5 uh, win streak has been on his only decision when it was against Tony Ferguson. So, um, and he, if it wasn't for the buzzer, he would have he would have broke Tony Ferguson's arm and then he would have submitted yeah. him. So, that was freaking very deep. Um, I don't question Charles Oliveira's toughness at all coming into this fight, though. Um, I'm more so questioning is, you know, is Dustin going to be able to live up to the pressure of being able to go in there and do that? Yeah. You know? Um, well, just just to say that we called it in case it is, 
Do you think this could be fight of the year over Chandler and Gagey? Fuck. <laughs> they're, they're not as wild as those two, but no. they could easily make for a, an exciting fight all 25 minutes. That's what, so, like, oh, man. Um, it would definitely be fight of the night. Yeah. Um, fight of the year, though. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Because someone's going to get finished. Uh, I think someone's de- this fight's not going to decision, and if it does, I'll be more than happy to be wrong. Um, but it, I don't see this fight going all five rounds. I think the, one of the things that we saw though is whenever Chandler hurt uh, Charles Oliveira, um, I think Dustin is more than capable of stinging Charles all like that. Yeah, and he's, um, Dustin's very good about picking his shots. Yeah, um, he learned at some point you can't keep throwing them; you have yeah. to pick it. Uh, and not that Michael Chandler hasn't learned that he he knows yeah um but he does get excited and he does kind of gas himself out trying to get the finish and i think getting over excited is what cost yeah. him in that fight against Oliveira. that whenever you watch dustin poria finish uh, eddie alvarez the way he's piecing up then he weaves over that head kick i mean he just he's really good at um like you don't really have to give him much movement but he can telegraph people's shots very well did I use it right? Yes. No, yeah. you used no. it wrong. Again? Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, telegraphing, for those of you who don't know, because mm-hmm. you might be confused now, okay. is uh, when you show something so much and make mm-hmm. it so obvious that you're going to do it that you yeah. become very predictable with what you're about to do. Yeah. So that is telegraphing. So oh. if I really show you I'm about to throw my right hand, like if I'm loading up on it, yeah. I'm telegraphing that right hand. Okay. Well, he can, <laughs> he, he's really good at reading shots that, oh, yeah, that don't even have a bunch of load up into the shots. Um, he's he's really good at doing that. We, that's what he did against Eddie Alvarez. He did it against Conor McGregor. We oh, especially with that left hand. I mean, the way he weaves out of the way of, he just completely shoulder rolls that left hand that back. You know, show. yeah. He just uh, it's kind of weird how he does it. It's very like unorthodox. Um, he like bends down and moves his head out of the way, and it just barely misses him. But he did it so many times that it's so where scary. It's scary as shit because <laughs> it's so close to landing. I mean, um. And he likes to make a face when it when he like well, sees it go by. He'll be like, like that 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 shack <laughs> eating on the hot ones. Yeah, meme. yeah. Like he does that, and uh, it's it's funny to watch, but it's crazy though that he just knows his distance management so well. Yeah. To to watch that, but um, so who you got, man? I'm going to plant my feet heavily into my own bias and say Dustin Poirier. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Though I think late like maybe third round knockout yeah because i think um i think oliver is going to get him in a little bit of trouble and he's going to know okay i can't play around i I have to get this guy out because the longer i'm in the ring with him he's a champion for a reason if i'm the longer i'm in the cage with him the more dangerous i'm going to be in or more dangerous positions i'll be in so play it safe by going out there and getting the finish yeah um so i I think i think that's how i see it going but Again, uh, this fight's so hard to predict, I think. Oh, man. This isn't fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a big Poirier fan. Um, I mean, dude, I, I've watched that dude since I was 14. I've watched him fight for 11 years, like, the second he got in the WC, and it's, like, cool seeing how good he's doing, you know? But it's also one of those things where it's uh, it's tough because, like, whenever he faces against a guy who has good wrestling or good jiu-jitsu, um, he doesn't uh, react to it very well. 
Yeah. You know, uh, we saw that against Khabib. Uh, I mean, that's one time we've ever really seen it like that. He doesn't react well. I mean, he to, had those guillotines, though. Yeah, uh, he does have very nice guillotines, but whenever like Khabib had his back, he almost had no defense, it felt like. It, it is Khabib, I get that. And he was but, exhausted. Yeah, 110 degrees outside fighting in that. Um, he was a sacrificial lamb for that fight, I'm telling you. <laughs> but fuck that shit, bro. Um, Dustin Poirier, second round knockout, mic drop. And that's the uh, UFC card coming up this weekend. Let us know your thoughts.